0: to Authors on the Air. I'm your host, Pam Stack. We're proud to be part of the Authors on the Air Global Radio Network. I hope you're all well, feeling fine, staying safe, washing your hands. If you're choosing to, wear a mask, social distance. Um, But also, I hope you're reading lots and lots of good books. I have a very special treat tonight. As you know, I'm usually not on on Tuesdays, but um, I am here to introduce three new colleagues to the Authors on the Air Global Radio Network. The show is called Vox Vomitus, in other words, Word Vomit. And I love this show because it's so different from anything that's ever been on our show before, on our network before. Um, So without further ado, I am going to introduce you to Jennifer, Tricia, and Allison, but I'm going to kick it off with novelist and dance instructor and host, Jennifer Ann Gordon. Hey there, Jen. How are you?
1: I'm good, Pam. How are you? Thank you for having us. I'm
0: thrilled that you're here. You know, um, I, I love having all these really fun shows in the network that always have a different voice and that you never know what's going to happen. You decided that you wanted to to do... Um, a video podcast, which is even going to be more fun um, than what I do. But your tagline <laughs> is, when it's a bad idea, but you keep writing or reading anyway. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> about, now, I'm not a writer like you, but I am a reader. I read about 400 books a year or so, and I read across genre. And if not for the fact that I got so many books, I get so many books from publishers, I would cry because... Some of them I open the first page or two pages or three pages and say, nope, not for me. And I, that's in, that's in the giveaway pile. <laughs> nice. So, so. That, that takes strength, Pam.
1: It takes strength. Sometimes I just commit to a book uh, oh, no, that I I'm can't. reading, and even though I oh, hate I it,
0: No, I can't. See, to me, that's precious time that I'll never get back. And, you know, I could go and clean litter boxes if that's what I wanted to do. So
1: um, (laughs) I I I think I I choose the books over the litter box every day. I have
0: five five cats. So, you know, I've I've got to keep them neat and happy. Um, (laughs) Let's talk a little bit about, first of all, your book. You released a book not too long ago. Let's hear the title, please.
1: Uh, It is called Beautiful, Frightening, and Silent, and it is a gothic horror novel that takes place in New England, and is about uh, grief and guilt and how that can eat away at a person's psyche while they slowly descend into madness. Also, there's a lot of whiskey drinking for (laughs) people. Sometimes people buy it just for the whiskey drinking.
0: (laughs) Right. (laughs) Right. You're right. Interesting. I heard you, I saw your video cast on Writer's Showcase with Christy Stratus, who um, is a colleague in this network. She does a phenomenal job. It is the number one video cast in the network. She's just so talented and so great. She was
1: outstanding, and the funny thing, when, when I was, when Christy and I were talking, we talked for like 10 minutes before the show even started and then probably 20 minutes after it was done, because we I feel like we come from the same wheelhouse of inspiration, which is, you know, Gothic fiction, dark Victoriana, uh, guilt, grief, ghosts, uh, metaphors that go on for days or pages
0: at least. you know she, to me she's so fascinating because she's so smart when i had her on my show i she, you know she has an editing company too and so we talked a lot about editing and um what it is that that authors the do's and don'ts uh, of writing and submissions and things like that and she was so informative i have been like scratching notes on my yellow pad next to me while talking to her <laughs> because while i've i've had editors and I've even had publishers for some of the big five on the show it was really nice for someone to break it down and not act snotty about it because sometimes it comes out like that it's like just read the submission guidelines and and, you know sometimes it's not quite as easy as that because submission guidelines are are different for everyone so um you know I ask her about in the editing process about what font they need to use, all this stuff. But she's brilliant. She's so knowledgeable about the whole thing. So your interview with her was lots of fun. And then, uh, you know, after I saw you, of course, I knew that you were going to be hosting the show or co-hosting the show. And I thought, oh, my God, I can't wait to watch your show. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and what um, – and the show,
1: I mean, people keep saying, like, really, why are you calling it Vox Vomitus? Why, why is the name Vomit in the title? But, oh, I, uh, I mean, Allison and, and Trisha, we're, we're like sister wives. We talk all day, every day. We all write. And, and every time something is going great or really bad, we just message each other and we talk each other through it. And, you know, I, I always call my first draft my Vomit draft. And I just feel it's like I'm just, you know, you're just, like, vomiting the words all over the page, and sometimes they're really good, and sometimes they're terrible. Like, I'll be honest, I'll read my stuff afterwards and go, what the F word was I thinking? Right. Uh, You know, it's
0: so funny that you say that. Jeffrey Deaver is a friend of mine, and he's been on this show, I cannot tell you how many times. But the first time I interviewed him, we were talking about first drafts, and he said, it's like throwing up words on your page. So it's so interesting that that you say that because um, you just – and I I ask all the time when I'm interviewing, you know, are you doing a pristine first draft or are you just trying to get stuff out? And some authors really do try to go back and edit – like the pr- prior paragraph before they get oh, God, started no. again and so yeah <laughs> and and i think if you're writing organically um you you're you your train kind of gets derailed doesn't it you you kind of get knocked off the tracks if you want to go back and fix stuff up especially it, if you're it, on a roll yeah like if i
1: if if i had to reread every paragraph that i just you know vomited out onto my keyboard i would never get past the first chapter so you know, and, and I've said this to Allison and Trisha, and, and they laughed when I'm just like, you know, it's my vomit draft. And if I say it more right. eloquently, I say, oh, it's when me as a writer, I'm, I'm telling the story to myself. In my second draft, I'm telling the story to the reader. But truthfully, that's just a nice way to say word vomit. <laughs> so let's introduce
0: They're <laughs> both laughing because they
1: hear me say it a lot. Well,
0: let's let's introduce your co-host for vomit vomitists. Go ahead um, and introduce them.
1: Oh my gosh, So uh, these are my sister wives and uh, and and my my book, Soulmates. We all published within a few months of each other, our first novel, and we're all deeply involved in our second novel right now. So uh, I'm going to introduce um, I think Alison Martin first. She is the author of Dibs, and then uh, our other co-host is Trisha Ridinger McKee. And uh, she is the author of Beyond the Surface. They are both romance novels,
2: Welcome, but not your Allison typical
1: romance.
0: Welcome, Allison and Tricia. Welcome Thank to you. Allison and Tricia. So, Allison, tell me about your book.
2: Well, I like to joke that I'm not a I'm not a romance novelist. I am a I'm a literary sci-fi novelist who tripped and fell in the hot tub with a bottle of bourbon. Because I had no intention to write a romance novel, and after I finished writing my first novel, which is actually literary sci-fi, and is with my agent now, trying to find a home on submission, I read some women's literature that just made me so angry that I wanted to either throw up or spit or throw my computer, and I ended up writing a novel literally out of spite. Okay, so uh, so
0: stop right there, and let's (laughs) roll it back just a second. I want to pull on that thread. What did you hate about women's fiction?
2: Well, specifically the book I was reading, the protagonist was basically a gold digger. I helped the author who was doing an ARC copy, so we've got an advanced review copy. I helped her fix Uh a plot hole that made made her protagonist slightly less horrible and slightly less hey, I'm only going after this guy because he might be able to provide for me. And I'm not able to do that myself because I've chosen not to do that. Uh, And that's not the kind of person I can relate to. Uh, I spent a good part of my career before focusing on writing full-time as an attorney. So the idea of going for love that's really just a wallet just does not resonate with me at all. And when I talked to the author, she didn't seem to think there was any problem with that and thought, yep, that's how women behave. And most of, the, most of the stuff I've read in the genre, which has been very limited, has turned me off right away, um, simply because I can't connect with these kind of characters. So uh, when I, I decided, I, you know I what? I hear
0: you. I hear you. I hear you loud and Well, and there. I just
2: decided I could do this. I could tell a story that I wanted to read, and I had no intention of anybody else reading it. But I let one of my friends, who had been one of my reading buddies for the other stuff I was writing, and I'm like, well, you say you like this genre. Am I, am I even close with this? Because I didn't even know if what I'd written was a romance novel. And she read it in about a day and a half because her Kindle died halfway through, and she was mad at me because her Kindle died. And then she finished reading it and said, yeah, you need to actually go start trying to submit this. So I, I did that, well, and then she demanded a sequel, and I wrote that too.
0: Do you, do you read on a Kindle?
2: I really don't. The only time I read on Kindles is I have some friends who they did the NaNoWriMo project. So they ended up self-publishing when they were done. And they're not generally people who want to pursue writing full-time. So they did that. And the only way I could get their books, they weren't Uh, available paperback. So I had to read that way. But otherwise, I'm a paperback reader 100%.
0: Because I want to send you a book that's the antithesis, the complete opposite of what you described as the gold-digging protagonist. As a matter of fact, um, excuse me, I read the book. For the 11th time yesterday, after just interviewing the author again. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Okay, send it to me. I I can read
2: on a Kindle. It's just not my preference.
0: Okay. You'll love this book, I promise. And if they have it in paperback, I'll send it to you. Um, (laughs) Yeah. So I get what you're saying. I understand that, and that's like I have a uh, an embarrassment of riches when I say I have books coming in, you know, 20 to 50 books a week, so I can pick and yeah. choose what I want to read. And if I were to read something like that, I'd be like going to Amazon saying, no, 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 because I personally <laughs> – don't know anyone who's done that not that it hasn't happened in the history of the world of course it has but that's not typically what i read so trisha mckee is your the third witch of Eastwick. Um, <laughs> <Yeah>. Hi, <Trisha>. um <laughs> hi, hi trisha. how are you <laughs> i'm terrific so and and i will tell you that that was jennifer's suggestion she said i wonder if she's going to ask which we, which of Eastwick we are. Um, uh, you know, I, I can remember Cher and I can remember um,
1: uh, Michelle Pfeiffer. Who else was in the and movie? Susan Sarandon at the other one. That's who it was. Right, right. Oh, because wow. I was clearly the right. Susan Sarandon. Sorry. Okay, all right. Back so, to Trisha. Okay.
0: Trisha, so, so claim your witch and tell me all about you. <laughs> okay. Claim my witch. You know what? And the girls
3: know this. I'm horrible with movies. I've seen it, but I couldn't tell you. The characters' names, I couldn't tell you. I'm the mean one. I will tell you that. The mean (laughs) one is me.
0: (laughs) Okay. I like that. I kind of like that. Maybe we should go back to Hocus Pocus or something, you know, and you you could be the Bette Bette Midler character. She was a mean one, They already said that. Yep. (laughs) We've we've already packed, Krisha, with Bette Midler. (laughs) All right, so so tell me about your book.
3: Okay, Beyond the Surface is, um, when I write short stories, I usually write warped, kind of scary, kind of. And when I write longer, um, longer um, the books and everything, I calm myself down and I usually go toward romance. Um, it's romance, but it's so much more. It, it focuses on Ella, who's middle-aged, who finds herself starting over in life, her husband left her, um, her teenage daughter, is, you know, has her own kind of social life that's kind of um, like, "You, mom, get away from me. I think a lot of mothers and teenagers can relate. And um, she kind of has to kind of redefine her joy and um, discover what she actually wants in life. She has to pick herself up, gain some courage, step out of that comfort zone Um and it kind of goes from there. And it's 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 romance, and it's also three generations of conflict and facing past demons and everything else um, in between. I, I
0: like that. I like backstory a lot. I think it defines the characters when you have backstory like that, especially generational backstory. So I want to let everybody know, if you want to say hi to Jennifer, Allison, or Tricia, I'm actually opening the studio line, something I have not done in five years. The number to call is 347-633-9609. That's 347-633-9609. So, ladies, tell me about your first show, which actually kicks off your grand event. Your grand premiere is tomorrow night. What are you discussing?
1: Um, so uh, this is Jennifer here. I'm waving my hand even though you can't see me. Uh, I could so, see you. Um, you can, I think if you could see how big my hair is right now because I, I love
0: your hair.
1: I love your big hair. <laughs> it, it my, it's like I'm, I'm an 80s rock video. Uh, oh, but cool. Tomorrow, uh, I've been jokingly in my head calling us full dark, no guests because it's just going to be the three of us, Allison, Trisha, and I, talking about the works we're doing right now, because we're all working very hard on our second novel. Some of them are, quote-unquote, done, and we're rewriting them, or we're editing them, or we're formatting them. So we're going to talk a little bit about kind of that pressure you feel when it's your second book, because... Uh-huh. Uh, You know, we've all had uh, a a lot of really positive, like, responses to our first published novel. And uh, so, I mean, every day we kind of type to each other, I don't know what the fuck I'm doing, but I think it's good. I think it's good. (laughs) And then, like, an hour later, we'll just get, like, one big person messages,
0: yeah, it's good. It's really good. Okay. So, so then, then uh, no, no, nope,
1: it's bad, it's bad.
0: <laughs> I'm gonna challenge the three of you then, starting with Trisha. You know, the show the show is called Vox Vomitus, in other words, word vomit. And and for the, the stuff that you write that's bad and, and every writer has that time. What was your biggest oh my god, I can't believe I actually threw that up on the paper. Do you remember? <laughs> Um, Well, sure, because it happens all the
3: time. (laughs) Um, It was probably um, one of the short stories I recently um, had written and sent out, and I got um, rejected a few times. And I started getting personal messages with the rejections. And um, I started kind of listening. At first, you're like, okay, maybe, you know, but then when it starts repeating itself. And I realized that I was kind of writing it as almost a revenge piece as a kind of, yeah, gotcha, you know, I'm going to, it was fiction, but it was, it touched on my past a little. Okay. I was like, oh my. (laughs) When you have that as the goal, (laughs) it's not going to end well. And um, when you're writing more for yourself than, you know, as almost therapeutic, which works great, but you actually have to go over and redo it so it fits for everyone. So
0: um, I understand what you're saying, yeah. Yes,
3: yes. So I kind of had to pull it from the submissions and rework it to not be so personal because, you know, I'm not writing a memoir. I just need to write the fiction. I need to make it warped. I need to make people kind of gasp at it, wonder what's wrong with the author, and move on.
0: Well, you know, um, revenge books are okay. There's not anything wrong with that, Um, you know, having a revenge book. But that has to be what it's about. You can't change it up, uh, you know, in the middle. So I I get what you're saying. Um, uh, Allison, do you have any specific memories of a line that you wrote and you said, oh, my God, how could I put that on the page?
2: Well, you know, it's funny because there's one that I still think of and go, really? I published this, but I actually kept it in the draft. But it's, uh, you don't leave good bourbon around when there's an orgy about to break out. <laughs> I think is, that is actually a real line. Advice. I kind of yeah. want it on a T-shirt.
3: But <laughs>
2: again, it's one of those things that when some of the people who know me in real life, this is when they go, oh, this is why you write under a pen name. And I go, well, it's just it's just my name without my last name it's my first and middle name and it's how i distinguish writing romance from writing literary sci-fi but yes that's actually in there and uh i've had to stop using the word count to see how often i drop the f word but Um, my defense is my mother is no longer alive to to get me in trouble for any of this so i can do what i want
0: (laughs) there you go um So funny, <laughs> Jennifer. What about you? You you were the brainchild behind all this. So oh you no, that's a lot have, of pressure. <laughs> well, you were one of the brainchildren uh, in creating this video podcast. Um, what what was it that you said? This is exactly what I want to do. I this is exactly what I want to name my show. This is exactly what I want to talk about. When did that light flash on for
1: you? Um. So I think a lot of this, for me, happened after I wrote my first novel, and I've been on a lot of podcasts. I and, right. and every single podcast is a great experience. Um, it, they they all are. I love my I love the people that have asked me, uh, but I found that I kept talking over and over again about how great my book was, and my book is great. I'm not going to say it's not, but. I sometimes think the the funnier story is what went wrong, and I would love like I just I just started to want to hear from other people what went wrong, and I wanted people to ask me what went wrong because uh, so one of the things I love to do more than anything in the world besides pet my dog and uh, fluff your hair and dance is uh, I love and, and fluff my hair is I love to travel. And every travel experience I have that was picture perfect and amazing, I barely remember. But the travel experiences I had when you get dropped off in the wrong city, or you miss right. every single train, or you right. get to your hotel and it's closed down. Right. Those
0: are the things, <laughs> yeah.
1: I mean, all, all of those are real. Uh, those are the things I remember. So, so about writing, I just, I wanted to hear the story behind the story, like I know we can't talk to Stephen King, but I, if I ever could, my first and only question would be what the hell was going on with the Tommy Knockers? Why did that
0: happen to us? <laughs> okay. So, so Jennifer Ann Gordon, what the hell happened when you were writing your book that went wrong?
1: Um, so, you know, I tell people I, I came up with this idea for I don't want to know what you told of.
0: anybody else.
3: No.
1: Oh no. Tell no. Me. But it It, it, Tell it was me supposed what went to wrong. be a play. It was supposed to be a play. Oh, okay. And okay. for um when I was finishing school, like my big like final thing I was doing, and I was like, "Oh, I'm going to write a play." And I tried to write this play about a a murderer, a, a young man and a ghost, and I failed epically. It didn't work. <laughs> nothing made sense. I mean, it, it just it really, as a story, nothing, it, it didn't work. Because so much of, like, making a ghost believable is the imagination. Right. And three theater kids pretending to do a play <laughs> where one of them is a ghost who has to be, like, oh, so no. wet the whole time, it's yes, just, like, yes. sad. It's just—it's not fun. It's sad. Uh, so I think i that, I've seen that though. I switched my project <laughs> at the end, and then I tried to write the same story again as a comic book, and because I was in the comic field, comic industry for a while, and okay. nobody wanted to hear from a female comic creator at that time who was writing something that wasn't about big-boobed women accidentally getting their blouses ripped off while punching a snake.
0: Ah, pulp. You were yes you
1: were,
0: They wanted pulp, not comics. Yeah, they,
1: just, Did they... they really wanted, like, a woman accidentally wrestling an alligator and her top falling off. And, Oof. again, that's <laughs> not what this book was. Uh, so everything went wrong with it until I decided wow. to write it as a novel. and weirdly it worked and i'm so thrilled that uh you know it's not out there in another form like a a sad student play or a really really bad indie comic where my ghost for some reason has humongous boobs and they were practically (laughs) exposed while she was being murdered you know that that didn't that didn't happen
0: thankfully i'm glad i'm glad (laughs) um so um trisha who would you like to speak to on your show? Um, you know, I would like to, I think, um, Ann Tyler. <laughs>
1: yes, sorry.
0: Well, yes. well I'll, write to, I'll write to her publicist and see if she's available.
3: Yes, she, I, I love her because she takes, she takes the, the boring, the normalcy, and she really brings it to life. Okay. She knows she into something that makes you, like, gasp and say, yes, I know that. And, yes, yet I'm finding it interesting reading it.
0: And yeah. her,
3: I, I'm just fascinated by that.
0: Her prose is, is very exceptional, so I understand that. Yes. Allison, who's on your on your bucket list
2: to talk to? Well, just, I think it was two days ago, Corey Doctorow responded to one of my tweets on Twitter, and I thought I'd died and gone to heaven, or at least, like, the nerd <laughs> version of heaven. Right, um, But my, my list is just like a bunch of nerds. So it's, it's John Scalzi and it's Aaron Morgenstern and it's Tamton Muir. And it's pretty much all the sci-fi. Oh, and we, Patrick we can, Rothfuss can stop writing for five minutes on his third book we, and we come can, talk we can, to us, that would We'll be lovely. get John
0: Scalzi for you because I'm friends with his publicist. So we'll oh my work God. on Thank that.
2: Thank you. So, so, so I want to ask you, now. Um,
0: what is literary science fiction? Is that like well, James Gunn so, space opera? Is that um, it's not you know, space
2: opera because I, my stuff has no space at all. My stuff is okay. real world present set. But the literary stuff res- responds to the style, how it's written. So I would say what I write when I do dibs is very commercial. I almost write like I'm speaking. But when I'm doing um, my my literary novel is called the Garibaldi Waltz, and it's almost like we're dancing through it. And that's just a style. So there were some places where my agent said, okay, we need to make things a little bit more obvious so that commercial readers who pick this up and don't realize they have something literary here are still going to really get something out of it. Um, but otherwise, it's still science fiction. It still has science fiction themes and ideas. And what I've always loved about science fiction is you can explore so much more when you're not right. really limited by reality and that's, right. that's why I read it and that's why I write it and it lets me go places that oh well you know this isn't realistic okay good
0: <laughs> I I like science fiction very much I'm not a big fan of space opera but I like um I like futuristic science fiction I like technological steampunk um you know urban fantasy all of those things I like yes. all of them very much I'm a little bit of a science geek but not a well read science geek, not
2: um, well. And I'm the kind of person who I lose track of what's actual technology and what I just saw on the expanse. What you so, sometimes yeah, I, my, I like, my knowledge is yeah. like, oh, you mean we don't have that technology? Why can't we just do that? You mean somebody made that right. up? Oh, well, that's a problem.
0: I understand that. So, Jennifer, other than Stephen King, who's on your bucket list? Oh, um, you know,
1: I adore Stephen King, but he's. Uh, I, he's not on right. my bucket list because well, I, I, I well, understand Well, let, let me just
0: tell you that, that every year he puts out a book, and I write to his publicist, and she writes back, ha ha.
1: Yeah, you know what's funny is he's, not I'm, he's not, not. I'm he's not gonna going to name him years. because you already told me I can't right. get you Stephen King, and I'm like, oh, that's okay. that's fine. Uh, I have a trifecta. I have I have three authors, really four, but I'm I'm just going to name my big three. Uh, I I, I feel bad saying I pseudo-stalk all of them on Instagram, but every once in a while they respond to one of my comments, and I think, they saw my name! Uh, (laughs) So, uh, my trifecta is Mona Awad, and uh, Uh she's outstanding. Her book 13 Ways to Look at a Fat Girl shattered my soul in the best possible way. It's not horror. It's written like a memoir but it's not but it's so honest and so necessarily female in the best I love possible that. way um I love she it. also wrote this incredible I, it, it's like a lovecraftian fever dream mixed with dark academia called bunny and bunny was my book of the year it, it, if people people have asked me over the past year what is the book you recommend the most? It's Bunny. And uh, it's you're going to get to the end of it and say, I don't know what the hell I just read, just but read. I, oh, lo- I lo-
0: loved it. I like
1: those
0: uh, and, books.
1: And she, yeah. uh, you know, her, Mona Awad's style of writing was so inspirational to me while writing Beautiful, Frightening, and Silent because I wrote it in a kind of like a non-traditional way, play, a way that it, it is very fever dreamy sometimes overly poetic, uh, space-time continuum issues. Uh, so she she writes like that, and uh, reading her work was inspirational. So Mona Awad is my tied for number one with Paul Tremblay, who – Oh,
0: Paul's a friend of mine. We'll get him for you. Oh, me. my he's God. Got a new, we've got a – he's got a book coming out. We'll get him I know, for Survivor, you Survivor Song. Week.
1: I know. Yeah, I'll, uh, get I'll get you
0: there. I'll get – yeah, he. I just got pitched for him, so that's no problem. Paul's a great I, guy.
1: So I absolutely adore <laughs> everything he's ever written. Uh, Super nice. ghosts. I loved yep. uh, Cabin at the End of the World. Ruined me. Like I literally finished that and then forced my fiance to start reading it the second I was done. <laughs> and we wasted, I shouldn't say wasted. We spent a whole weekend, one of us reading that book and then the other one reading that book. And just honestly, like every five minutes going, holy fuck. Yeah.
0: Yeah. So,
1: uh, okay. So number
0: three on the list is
1: Josh Mailerman.
0: Okay. And so everybody too. knows Josh Mailerman box.
1: because of Bird box. Right. right. Uh but, but he has a new the, book out. He does. It's a sequel to bird box, which I'm very excited about. And, uh, and I loved Bird Box. I'm not a, I'm not, not a Bird Box fan, but he had two books again, that like ruined my soul, like shook me to my core. Uh, one is Unbury Carol, which is a kind of steampunk dystopian Western love story. And, uh, the, uh, one of the main characters, Carol, slips into these comatose near death states throughout the book. It's, It's like a a syndrome she has. And she, of course, unfortunately marries a terrible scoundrel of a man who one time she falls into one of these states and he's like, I'm just going to fucking bury her alive. Oh, my God. uh, Yeah, so it's dark but weirdly beautiful because Josh Mailerman writes from her perspective in this near-death state and her, her aching to get back. So, the story's that, and it's also a story about the person that loved her more than anything in the world, who is like literally riding a horse across a post apocalyptic wasteland because he understands he needs to unbury Carol. Well, so.
0: ladies, you have my email address, and as your executive producer, as well as your host tonight, I'm going to try to make your bucket list come true. So, yeah. um, <laughs> oh, I just got chills all over. <laughs> yeah. All right. I'm going to let you three talk for a little while. Jennifer, take the helm because you, oh. after all, are the first host along with Alicia, um, Allison and Trisha. And so you have five minutes to ask each other questions and answers that you didn't think you'd ever ask on radio.
1: Oh, my gosh. On radio? Really? I get to ask them anything?
0: Anything. Oh, it's going to <laughs> oh sound no. so
1: basic and stupid, but I've just got to. Trisha, why don't you think Adam Driver is attractive?
0: Oh, my yeah, God, Trisha. Question, Trisha. You're, get I off did. my show, Trisha. Get off my show <laughs> if you don't agree. <laughs> no, let me now, explain. Wait, let me Cam, tell you Cam, something. are, you, are you
2: Camp Adam Driver too?
0: <laughs> oh, my God, are you kidding me? We identified a cat we <laughs> called Adam Driver, right, Jennifer? Yeah, it's the oh, Hobbit, Hobbit cat on Instagram. <laughs> oh, my God. God, oh my God.
2: I'm, I'm sorry, like... Trisha,
1: we put you on the spot.
2: <laughs> well, you're Trisha's you're movie insane.
1: boyfriend is Keanu Reeves, who I yeah, think so looks please. like Adam Driver, but she says no. he doesn't. And I don't
3: think so. No. I, 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 th- I fell in love near. with Keanu first. I fell in love with Keanu first. So to see this guy that's that's like trying to resemble him. Oh, no. Keanu <gasps> oh, no, Reeves. have it. Have Wait a, a minute. minute. These no, are no, fighting no. words,
1: Trisha.
0: <laughs> you have no idea. Keanu is too pretty and too like unemotional. Watch Adam Driver <laughs> in anything he does. Watch him give his a TED talk. no! He I didn't say actor. I
3: didn't say actor. I I didn't say he was the worst actor. <laughs> I, I I don't think I don't think Keanu's gonna win any awards anytime soon. I just said okay. his look. <laughs> Ugh.
0: Ugh, God. <laughs> All right.
1: <laughs>
0: ask, ask, a one. Ha- ask, uh, Allison ask Allison questions. a question. Uh, ask yeah, Allison. I don't
1: even – yeah, ask uh, Allison. I won't ask you know. about Adam Driver, Allison. I know. Uh,
2: <laughs> None of that's safe for the air. Sorry.
1: It's not safe for the air. Um, <laughs> I have a question that's going to make me sound kind of stupid, but I'm fine with that. Allison, you were a attorney, are an attorney, what kind of law did you practice? Sorry, I'm a s i was a theater major, so to me I'm always just
0: like a lawyer
2: <laughs> what Well you that know that I mean? was theater adjacent for like way too long, so I know I, you I were theater you adjacent more on on that just way too easily. Um so when I first got out of law school okay, so I'll back it up. When I was in law school time wise, this is when all the counties were in like bankruptcy. So nobody was hiring. So originally I wanted to work for the DA. So I actually worked for the DA when I was in law school as a, certified law, as a certified law clerk. So I actually was trying cases while I was still a student before I passed the bar. And then when I was passing the bar and all that stuff was happening, everybody basically had no money to hire anybody. And so I ended up working privately, first for a plaintiff's law firm, um, which I hated, but they were lovely folks. And the nice thing was it was a small firm who said, you know what, we know you don't know what you're doing. But you want to try cases, we'll let you try cases. And we actually took over another firm's caseload for plaintiff work that was primarily criminal. So, guess who all Ooh. my clients were? Yeah, well, they were, mm. they were criminals who also had plaintiff cases. So, when I'm sitting there during a mediation and the guy's next to me going, Yeah, how much of this is discoverable about my criminal record? And I'm just like, I don't want to be in the room with you anymore. So, <laughs> I actually didn't stay there that long. <laughs> Thank the Lord. Um, and then I had a dalliance with a non-legal profession, and then went back to the law. So Wait, a dalliance? I was Does that mean census. you were a stripper? I would,
3: <laughs> oh, <laughs> was oh, only Jennifer. So I don't, I know you were. Jennifer would only ask this. Jennifer no, would only I would I would it's because I'm like, no, I've it's also it's dalliance thing into thing stripping.
2: Is, I, would have, <laughs> I would have needed, I would have needed the strip to pay for the boob job, but I would have needed the boob job in order to strip. So I never would have gotten past like,
1: oh my God, it's no, an Ouroboros
2: for that I know I would be, I would be the boris of needing the boob job to be a stripper no um but when I went when I went back to the law because I was I was working for a non-profit for a while and then I went back to the law and I was doing defense but it was it was plain it was a civil defense some of it was construction defect, which is as boring as it sounds but I sometimes had really long mediation sec- uh, sessions where I'd have really good snacks so I can definitely commend bagels and all the snacks to leave out for us to just eat for about eight hours straight. Um, yeah, you definitely then had me at snacks. <laughs> yeah, it was snacks, yeah, really. but I also did a lot of defense work for insurance companies. So if somebody slips and falls at a restaurant because they're wearing like eight-inch stilettos and then blames the restaurant, I had those cases. So I spent a lot of time looking at people's medical records and doing all that and some pretty much anything that was legitimate the insurance companies would pay right away we had the ones where you look at it and go is this person literally claiming their life is over because there was a piece of chicken in their salad that wasn't properly cooked and they 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 tripped i'm not really sure how these I things i feel are like you have a somehow. whole short
1: story collection in your head yeah, <laughs> really. i have one more question for trisha but it well, might be stupid oh sorry so i do want to cut thing. you off Allison. <laughs>
2: No, go for it. Now, I just, I just was going to say that the real danger is I just know enough about medicine now to pretend I know what I'm doing because I spent so much time looking at medical records. But I am, I'm not a doctor. I'm a juris doctorate, and those two things are really different.
1: <laughs> uh, so uh, if anybody follows Trisha on Facebook, which you should, she has these amazing bulldogs. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, it, you have two bulldogs, right, Tricia? I do, yes. Okay, so I've never asked you this before. Which one do you love more?
0: Oh my goodness! <laughs> you know, how
1: I'm mean. I'm a mean person. I have to tell you, this is funny because I had two
3: bulldogs before these two bulldogs, Duke and Rose, and they were so good. They were calm. They were, and then we get Blaze, and he is this horrendous puppy. And I, I remember thinking, I'm not going to be able to love this dog. What you do. And you love them
1: the most, don't you? It,
3: and yes. And then Piper came along. And I wish she would have been blazed because she was even worse. <laughs> she was even worse. And oh she, still, she is still so bad. I have to lock the door. Lock it because, you know, I'm scared she'll unlock it somehow. But she will come in her no, kennel. will. And throw, unlock I, have, it. I, <laughs> I have video of her throwing her body up against the kennel to make noise when I'm on a Zoom conference. <laughs>
0: That's so funny. Pay
2: attention to me, mommy. Now, oh my! <laughs> All right, your ladies. Dogs, you can just I, see the attitude on them, and I love them from afar. Pam's
1: like, I'm done. By the way, <laughs> listen, your show is canceled. Uh, you, you know
0: that I have. You know I have cats, so I do have a picture of one of my cats opening my front door and letting the other ones out. Oh, so, uh, what? A bitch. Yeah. She, oh, she's a riot. She's a riot. <laughs> Jennifer. I am thrilled to welcome you and Allison and Trisha to the Authors on the Air Global Radio Network. Oh, Tell us about your you your, your debut show tomorrow night, where oh, everyone yeah, can deb- listen. Where the where they're going to find you?
1: So uh, the easiest place right now to find us is at Vox Vomitus on Facebook, and we already have our link for tomorrow night's show uh, available there. We are going to be streaming live. Uh, you'll, so. Anybody who's listened tonight, you're going to get to see my fuzzy hair. You're going to get to see our bourbon glasses and uh, hear us wax philosophical and vomitous about all of the, the things that are going on uh, in our lives and in our books right now. And we will talk about the upcoming guests we have, which are very exciting. So, What time does your yes.
0: show start?
1: It starts at 6 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, and that is, Allison, 3 p.m. where you are? 3
2: p.m. for me in California, yeah.
0: (laughs) I went to
1: school for theater, so I don't know math.
0: That's okay. (laughs) It's just as you count backwards, 6 Eastern, 5 Central, 4 Mountain 3 pacific time uh, you're going to find it on the vox Vomitus podcast page and i'm sure everybody's going to um you're going to upload it to, to uh, we're going uh, to the upload the, it everywhere it's going to be uploaded to everywhere. soundcloud
1: and uh our wonderful uh producer roman is going to take care of all of that but it's going to be uploaded everywhere soundcloud everywhere. Uh, and yeah, on the authors know, on
0: the air YouTube page, you'll be on able to find it.
1: it, it people so. will get a little tired of hearing the word "vomit" so much, but then they'll learn to love it,
0: and they'll know exactly <laughs> the where to go. They'll, yeah, they'll know where to exactly go for your,
1: to your best vo- you. word vomit? It's us.
0: <laughs> I'm listeners. I'm thrilled to have welcomed and enjoyed talking to Jennifer Gordon, Trisha. Patricia um, McKee and Allison Martin, who are the co-hosts for the new video podcast Vox Vomitus in the Authors on the Air Global Radio Network ladies I wish you the best of luck I'm thrilled that you've decided to come on tonight thank you for being me with, with me everyone and thank you mom and dad I'll see you all later bye bye mm-hmm.